Have you been in a situation where you look back and you said, oh man, I wish I could have responded to that situation instead of react to it? Well, today we're in part two of a series called React or Respond, and Lori is going to bring us the message on what the first element, the first habit that we have to incorporate into our lives if you want to become people who respond well. Hey, Westlight. Um, we are continuing our conversation on reacting or responding um, in our new, new sermon series, and Katz did an amazing job explaining the difference and, and why responding is so important and how it really allows us to um, decide to be loving or not. And, you know, many of us, if we live in reaction mode, right, We, if something happens to us and it's a pain you know especially during this time where it's very troubling and very um a very difficult times that um it's easy for us to go to you know minimizing and rationalizing and even um like in the church setting right we we've taught like okay just let go and give it to god and and ask god to you know pray that god will fix it and 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 make the storm go away but you know, in God's story, it's amazing that that's not always the case, right? That in God's story, even in the very beginning, uh, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, like 400 years. But I don't like to think about that part of the story. I like to think about how God helped them cross the Red Sea and how he saved them from slavery. They were slaves for 400 years. And so I can tell our YouTube viewers numbers are going down, 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 because that's not what we want to hear. So I encourage you to stay with us. <laughs> don't, don't close your tab, your YouTube tab. It's, it's kind of like this video that um, that went viral a couple of years ago, and it's a video of a dad who takes his son to get his vaccination, uh, his like his newborn son to get his shots for the first time. So let's watch the clip. Come on. Now you got look. Now look, 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 look. Now it's gonna be like, hold. I got you. I got your hand. I got you. I got you, Dad. Hold on to you. I got you. Damn, you strong, boy. like his first month of life and all he knows is that this lady comes at him and stabs him three times like she just came up stabbed him three times and you know but I love what the father I love the father you know he was 
telling his son to look at him, to keep his eyes on him. He was holding his son's hand. He was telling, he was encouraging, encouraging his son and telling him he was strong. He was empathizing and, and he was kissing him when he was in pain and at the end when he was holding him and just making, you know, letting him know that everything was going to be okay. That that is the image of Jesus for us. And, and, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, he writes about this, and I think he did such a great job when he wrote this. He wrote about this in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 4. The Apostle Paul writes, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Father who shows us loving kindness and our God who gives us comfort. He gives us comfort in all troubles. Then we can comfort other people who have the same troubles. And we give the same kind of comfort God gives us. You see, this a year or two before Paul writes this letter, Jerusalem was experiencing a severe drought, which caused a, a devastating famine, which meant people were living in, in poverty, they were suffering, and they were starving, and they were dying. There was so much pain and suffering. And Paul writes about this, and he's just kind of come through it. And he writes to the Corinthians, and, and, and you can kind of feel like the pain that his wounds are, it's not like he's healed from it and is like, well, praise Jesus, it was okay. Like, you feel that he's still suffering the consequences of that drought, that he's still feeling the pain, and he still experiences the death and the sorrow that comes with that. He talks later in the few verses later about how it was such a difficult time that, that there's all kinds of difficulties that were going on and, and he himself wasn't even sure that he was going to make it through. But he understands the comfort that God had given him. He understands what it was like to be that baby experiencing those vaccinations. That he knows the pain and he knows the comfort that only God could give. The word comfort that Paul uses means it could be used to call someone to come near. It could be used to make a strong appeal or exhortation or to treat in an inviting and friendly way. I love what N.T. Wright, he says in his commentary about this passage. He says the whole idea of the word comfort is that one person is being with another speaking words with which change their mood and situation, giving them a courage and new hope and new direction and new insights which will alter the way they face the next moment, the next day, and the rest of their life. You see, the comfort that Paul is writing about is, is about meeting people where they're at and being with them, strengthening them, encouraging them, empathizing with them. And, and, and it's done in such a way that it really helps people to get to a point where they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, where they can see the possibilities and, and hope for a better future. Paul writes these verses as one who has gone through deep, deep pain and suffering himself. And, and he writes it through the lens of Jesus' own life here on earth where he left heaven to be with us, to suffer and to die and to be resurrected. That the, the dad didn't tell the nurse, okay, forget it, I can't take it, the baby can't take it, we're not gonna do vaccinations, it's, we're not gonna do it today, it's too hard. 
It's too painful. I don't want to put my son through that. The pain and suffering is still there, but he doesn't abandon us in that, that he is with us and invites us to take on this posture of looking at him, of trusting and believing that, yeah, he is with us. He is encouraging us and, and, and believing the words that he says about us. Love is where we experience his divine embrace where we experience His comfort and His encouragement, His presence, so that even in the midst of these troubling times, we can see the possibilities, we can see a new perspective, and we can see hope. But I think in order to receive His comfort, we need to pause. Instead of just reacting to whatever we hear, the bad news or the phone call, or just, you know, that we, we could just stop our old pattern of trying to fix things or minimize things or rationalize things or control things and where we could just take a deep breath and we could just pause and remember that no it's hard and it's painful but Jesus is inviting us to be with him to look in his eyes to feel his embrace to hear his words of encouragement and empathy and love for us but we need to pause and know that we're not alone and take on this posture of of understanding his presence with us throughout the day and so this week I want to encourage us to to pause and if you're like me and you don't really know when you're triggered if you're that self unaware that you don't even know when you're triggered to to schedule time maybe at your lunch break or maybe in the morning or and to think about you know maybe in the morning think about okay what's going on look at your schedule what do you have going on in the day and and what are some things that are causing you to be anxious what are what are some of the feelings that that are rising in you as you think as you look forward to your day and and just to pause and to take a deep breath and to imagine that Jesus is with you and and is eager to comfort you and if it's hard for you to, to think of those things, as it is for me, um, finish this sentence. Everything would be okay if. Everything would be okay if the pandemic was over. Everything would be okay if my kids did this. Just whatever you're feeling, what is it? Everything would be okay. And maybe you could write it down. Maybe you can use your phone, type it in your phone. Bring it out of the darkness and into the light. We're gonna bring it to the table. And we don't have to figure it out. We don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to, you know, I, we're gonna hear ourselves be like, oh man, that was so dumb, or this is lame, and this is stupid. But like, really create this pause moment as a no judgment, no criticism zone. And just be open and let God's grace and His love and His, His presence give us space to be open and honest about the things that we think would be okay if that we would be okay if that Jesus longs and and wants to be with us and comfort us and we just need to to pause and allow him to do that to look into his eyes and to know that he's with us to allow him to hold our hands and to hug us to to experience that divine embrace to know that he's with us and it is going to be okay we don't know how we don't know why this is happening it's more like that poor baby we don't know why and maybe it's not for any good reason but we know that he's with us 
And so I've asked Daniel to lead us in a time of worship after the sermon to, to allow us space to, to pause and to experience um, his embrace, his love and his um, encouragement and his empathy so that we can be comforted um, even in the midst of our troubling times, even when we can't fix it, but knowing that we're not alone that God is with us.